thank you for joining us on the East Bay Bible Fellowship Podcast. Our prayer is that you'll be blessed by the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, you can find us on the web at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. visited us about a year ago on a Wednesday on a Tuesday, Thursday night that's when we did church on Thursday night and we were out doing outreach and we found her again and, and uh, uh, she's got a little addition to the family uh-huh. we're so thankful that both of them are here with us today also so good to have Robert yeah. Yeah. Robert with us God bless you sir yeah. thank you for visiting us and then we, uh, we love and appreciate y'all amen hallelujah all right book of Matthew chapter 7 um, for the next few months um I'm going to be doing something called the Five Minute Family, and we're going to just be talking about family issues. Um, I promise you, uh, I, I got to working on this message, and I thought, you know what, this is going to need more than five minutes. But uh, you're going to start hearing a lot about this, the Five Minute Family. Uh, this is going to be the first of several lessons. Um, I just want to start off by saying this. I promise you, I assure you, uh, I'm not typing out these messages with anybody on my mind. Amen. Um, I think the devil does a lot of work when he convinces us that we're the only ones going through some things. Amen. Or we're the only ones that need little adjustments or oil changes yeah. Yeah. or fixings of the hinges. Yeah. Amen. Uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised how much stuff we all fight with. Amen. Amen. You'd be surprised how many joys we all share. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many of us cry about the same things. Amen. So, uh, don't take any of this personal. If it gets you, just know it got me too. And it's getting somebody else probably behind you. And uh, you can shout amen or oh me. Either one will do. And we're going we're gonna to walk away in a few months with better families. Amen? All right. Book of Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse number 7. And then after we read, if you could keep your Bibles open, that'd be great. We're going to be going to the book of Matthew chapter 6 in a few seconds after we we get started. All right. Book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Very familiar territory in the Bible. Simply says, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Watch here, verse 9 through 11. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, he will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? And I want to talk to you just for a few minutes on this very simple subject. There's nothing wrong with asking. There's nothing wrong with asking. Can we say that together? There's nothing wrong with asking. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Bless your word. Bless your people. In Jesus' name. And everyone shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the following verses of Scripture, we hear Jesus tell us that there are some things in life we must ask for. These verses and others like it also warn us that it is a mistake. (coughs) It is a mistake 
to assume that God's knowledge of our condition, of our situation, is enough. Uh-huh. Nothing could be further from the truth. Amen. Matthew 6 and 8 says, Your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask. Amen. The interesting thing about the following verses after that is that Jesus goes on to tell us how we're supposed to ask for those things. Uh-huh. God knows what we need, but we still have to ask. Amen. Why? Because first of all, prayer is not to inform God but rather to inform us. We're not reminding or telling God anything when we pray, but we are telling ourselves something, and we are reminding ourselves of something when we pray. Every time we pray, we are reminding ourselves of how much we need God, of how much we need to exercise things besides human will, logic, and reasoning. Every time we pray, we are confessing by asking God for things. We are confessing our inability to supply all of our real, genuine, and authentic needs. God knows what we need, but we are still going to have to ask. Everyone say ask. Furthermore, Jesus informs us that we're going to have to be willing to ask in more ways than one, if necessary. Mm -hmm. I want you to notice in verses uh, 7 through 9, or verses 7 through 8, how Jesus tells us to ask, Uh to seek, and to knock. Uh Each one is a different way of inquiry. There is, however, an obvious progression here. Asking is not as intense as seeking, and seeking is not as intense as knocking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes situations make it necessary for us, amen, to scale the ladder of intensity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're going to have to go a little bit further. Yes. We're going to have to go the extra mile. Yes. We're going to have to put forth more effort, yes, and we're going to have to do more than we're accustomed to mm-hmm. or than what we think should be necessary. Yes. All three of these things get answers. Asking gets an answer. Yes. Seeking gets an answer. Knocking gets an answer. Our job is to figure out which degree of intensity needs to be exercised for our situation and our circumstance. As you all know, this teaching is in relation to prayer and how we communicate with God. That's obvious. But it also has a place in the way we communicate with our family members. In fact, Jesus goes on to compare this to the way that a parent and a child communicate their needs to one another. Sometimes we have to communicate what we want and what we need to those we love. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone say there's nothing wrong with that. I'll be the first to admit it's never pleasant. It's always humbling, but it's always needful. It goes without saying that it's not every day we're told that you have to ask the people you love and that love you for the things you want and for the things you need from them. For the Christian, this is dangerous to think that it should not be necessary for us to ask for things. And I'll tell you why it's dangerous. Because scripture is chock full of examples where the God that we love and the God who loves us even more than we love ourselves demands that we articulate what we want from him. Love is not enough. There's too much diversity in a family. There's too many uh, uh, nuances and, and, and dynamics even within a marriage, let alone in a relationship between uh, parents and children, for any of us to assume, uh-huh. amen, that we do not need to communicate important information to one another. Uh-huh. Can you say amen? amen? 
Asking is not bad. Everyone say asking is not bad. Asking is not bad. It's not a sign of a dysfunctional family. It's not a sign of a broken home. And it's not a sign of a failing marriage. It's perfectly okay to ask for things from people we love. Somebody say amen. I want somebody to go to John chapter 21, verse 15 through 17. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. And I know we're doing a little bit more treaching here this morning, but uh, I think this is going to bless you. Hallelujah. And hopefully help you. Hallelujah. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. Who wants to be so bold as to read the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Brother Rocha. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Mm -hmm. He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Uh -huh. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Mm -hmm. <coughs> he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Mm -hmm. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. He saith unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Mm -hmm. Peter was grieved because he had said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. All right, look at here. Jesus asked Peter three times, mm -hmm. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? When Peter answered in the affirmative, yes, I love you. Jesus said, great. Well, then let me tell you what I need. Uh -huh. right. You love me? Well, now I'm going to express to you my needs. I'm going to tell you my desires. I'm going to tell you what I want from you. Uh -huh. He said, I want you to feed my sheep. Jesus did not think any less of himself for having to do that. Jesus never gives us any kind of hint here that he feels his, his relationship with Simon Peter is being jeopardized because he's having to do this. He says, you love me? Awesome. Now let me tell you what I want from you. We've been conditioned, especially here in America, we've been conditioned to think that if someone does something for us without being asked that they love us. Mm -hmm. And some of this has to do just with the things we see in Hollywood and the things we read in novels. And those of us uh, who used to watch soap operas, perhaps. Amen. You know, we, we think that, you know, man, it's just so awesome to be able to just, man, just be showered with gifts and love and all these things without ever having to ask for them. Well, the truth is Hollywood or anything else for that matter, besides the word of God, is not always the greatest place to go for how to build a strong marriage or a strong family because they're not producing too many of them themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. But the reality is, is that in scripture, it teaches us that if we do what we're asked, that's love. If we do what we're asked, that's love. What the scripture teaches is if somebody asks you something and, and then that person does it, that is love. We can't get caught up. As you know, they used, they say, they have an old saying in the South. They say, "Don't swallow the cat, don't swallow the cat, and choke on the tail." Hallelujah! Uh -huh. And a lot of times we get out there and we ask somebody that we suppose we're supposed to have this loving relationship with. We ask them for something that we think they should just read our mind about. Hallelujah! And then we choke on the tail. We get upset even if they do what we ask them to, because we say to them, "I shouldn't even have to ask you." Uh -huh. <laughs> 
I'm still preaching good. Let me show you Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And we, we, got, we got a little ways to go here too. So I, I know nobody get nervous on me. Hallelujah. Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse number 28. It says, but what think ye? A certain man had two sons and he came to the first and he said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and he went and he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. And then Jesus asked them in verse 31, whether of the two boys did the will of his father. Jesus says, there's a father. He's got two sons and he asks both of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. The dad did not assume that just because they were his sons, they were going to go out and do take out the trash, sweep the front lawn, vacuum the carpet. He did not assume any of those things. He was a wise enough dad to know children need to be told what to do. It's still getting quiet. Hallelujah. We, it, is, it, is, it is bad parenting to assume that children know what to do. Children, your kids will try to make you think they know what's up. Your kids do not know what's up. Hallelujah. They have to be instructed. Amen. But look at here. One son. One son said, you know what? I'll do it. But he didn't do it. The other son said, I don't want to do it. But he did it. And he said, man, that one did the will of God. He had to be asked. You know, asking is actually a great way, believe it or not, asking is a great way to test the, the true status of a relationship. Uh-huh. It's actually a great way to say, you know what, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to be vulnerable right now. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out there. And then to see what that person does. If that person responds correctly, if that person does what you ask, then we know that that person does really love us. Can somebody say amen? I came to tell you that sometimes we do have to ask and there's nothing wrong with it. Jesus did it. Some people need to be reminded. Some people need to be confronted. Some people need to be warned. <laughs> Hallelujah. But let me tell you what nobody deserves. Nobody deserves to have to guess how we feel. Nobody deserves to be kept in the dark about what we want. People deserve a chance to demonstrate how much they love us. Amen. People deserve a chance to demonstrate how much they love us. And I've, you know what? I've never read the book, The Five Love Languages, uh, you know, so I'm not here to condemn it or condone it. I've never read it. But I don't need to read the book to know that, that it's okay for somebody to ask us for something and for us to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I also don't need to read the book to know that everybody, everybody has to get in the habit of asking. Somebody say amen. Amen. Whether it's the need for a hug or the need for you to take out the trash. (laughs) It's okay to ask. It's not a crime that you had to ask. It's not a symptom of of problems that you had to ask. Well, sometimes it can be. And please understand, I'm talking within reason here. You should not have to ask somebody not to hit you. I'm not talking about that. But but, uh, hello, 
praise God. But but I am talking about things within reason. Hallelujah. Amen. We should make our requests known and not resent that we had to do it. Eventually things can get better, but not without communication. Things don't get better without communication. Relationships don't improve without communication. When you really stop and you think about a marriage, when you think about a family, and you have two adults that are coming from two different backgrounds, and guess what? Not everybody's family has the same rules. And some families, it's perfectly okay to chew with your mouth open. And other families, you're going to get smacked if you chew with your mouth open. And we're going to try to bring those two people together. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And sometimes babies with mama more and sometimes babies with daddy more. And and so you got for us to sit here and resent the fact that there's going to have to be a lot of talking going on. It's just it's it's counterproductive. It's not even it's not it's not even it's not to our benefit to assume to assume that two people who've been who've spent decades apart from each other are going to come together because they cut a cake. And put on some nice clothes And they're just going to get along I got news for you His mom is not like your mom And her dad is not like your dad And it just that's just not the way things are And some people didn't even have parents And some people had awesome parents And some people were adopted And some people would have been better off adopted But we got to learn to come together Even God himself in in the book of Genesis chapter 11, he saw that human beings were trying to build the tower up to heaven. He said, this this is easy to stop. He said, if they keep doing what they want to do, he said, nothing will stop them. He said, but it's easy to stop. He said, all I got to do is come down and make sure none of them are speaking the same language. He said, and I'll put a stop to the work. I don't got to I don't got to wipe them out. I don't got to send a plague. I'll just get them to all speak a different language and they'll stop working right away. And the same thing happens in a marriage. You ain't building a marriage being uncommunicative. We got to talk. We got to learn to articulate. Amen. Well, I'm shy. We'll learn how to talk shy talk. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. We, we all have to learn how to communicate. We all have to learn how to talk. Amen. Somebody say amen. Watch this. Jesus Jesus is teaching on prayer. Verses 7 through 8, he teaches on prayer. Verses 9 through 11, he compares that to a son and a parent uh, or a child and a parent uh, making their needs known. But I want you to see that there's two sides to that story. And I'm sure there's some people that are feeling relieved right now and other people uh, that are feeling pressured right now. But but watch this. Uh, This story, this parable has two sides to it. Side number one is where the child is asking for things that most of us would say, they shouldn't have to ask for. Uh-huh. Right? If you read this parable just at first glance, you're probably thinking to yourself, what child should have to ask for food? Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. right? Yeah. But as a parent, I can tell you now, I have two kids. I'm not saying I'm like master dad because I'm not. But I will say this. I have two children and... One of the things, I I can think a few things, Sister Harris, that would alleviate my stress, my worry, my concern more than my child actually telling me what they want. Uh In fact, that's what stresses young mothers and fathers out because they got this thing that's crying. Uh And they're like, what's wrong? (laughs) And the baby's not talking back. (laughs) And then there's nothing worse than a kid who, who can talk and is just sitting there screaming at you. 
And you finally, you know, you finally get a hold of it. You're like, what do you want? And then they get even quieter because now they're scared. It's, but there's, there's nothing more, more alleviating. There's, think about it. As a parent, and I think all of us are parents now. As a parent, there's nothing, there's nothing more relaxing than your child just telling you, I want Kool-Aid. I want cookie. Now, sometimes they're not going to get it. But it sure does help if they can tell us what they want. Now, the second side of this story is the side in which the parent who's being asked doesn't get offended because they're being asked. Can you say amen? The parent does not humiliate the child. The parent does not shame the child for asking. The parent listens. The parent assesses whether or not they can deliver. And then they act accordingly. We have, we have a problem sometimes. And that is that somebody resents the fact that they have to ask. And somebody resents being asked. There's nothing wrong with asking. And there's nothing wrong with being asked. Can you say amen? There's nothing wrong with asking. And there's nothing wrong with being asked. It's hard for a spouse. And I'm going to talk to the people who get asked. A lot. Hallelujah. And, and let me tell you, this is not a gender message. This is not something I'm targeting more towards men and more towards women. Because let me tell you something. Men and women sometimes both feel that, they, that they, they would be happier if they could articulate the needs and that other person would comply. This has nothing to do with uh, men do this more or women. This has nothing to do with any of that. But I do want you to know that sometimes we're the one doing the asking. Other times we're the one being asked. But let me say this. When a spouse... When a child, when a family member has to ask us for things they feel they shouldn't have to, our response as the person being asked should be to listen. Hallelujah. You're either getting quiet because you're listening or... To listen, to never embarrass, to never shame... I'm not a big proponent of this, you know, whatever it has its context. But let me tell you something. Your marriage, your marriage, your home, your family, it's got to be a safe space. It just has to be like your wife, your spouse, your husband, your husband should be able to be like, hey, you know what? I'm scared. Man, help. Pray for me. Man, I'm worried. I'm concerned. Man, I don't feel good right now about who I am. Uh Our response should not be like, well, if you did what I told you. (laughs) (laughs) And and women should be able to ask anything Uh and not be shamed for it, not be embarrassed about it. They should not feel bad that they're doing that. It should be totally okay. Our our children should be able to come to us the other day, and I won't I won't expose it because it's it's our personal life. But the other day, my daughter, you could just tell she had a very genuine, reflective moment, and she she just blurted out uh, an insecurity she had, and and we were quick to jump on top of it and just and just reaffirm her and and help her work through it. We didn't lie to her. Uh, we didn't candy coat anything for her. We let her know, hey, that concern can be real, but it's not something you need to worry about. Right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
But we didn't try to use reverse psychology. We didn't try to candy coat it. We didn't tell her you're a superhero. Nothing will, nothing wrong will ever happen in your life. You're wonderful. You're awesome. Look, here's a cookie. We didn't do none of that. We just communicated back. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, if somebody asks for bread, let's not give them a stone. If somebody asks for a fish, let's not give them a serpent. Amen. Head games have no place in the family. Head games don't have any place in the family. If you want to do head games at your office, that's your business. Sometimes you got to, but when you come home, no head games. Let's not play head games with one another. Let's just, let's communicate with one another. Last but certainly not least, let's all be patient. How's that? Let's all be patient because sometimes it takes people a long time to identify what it is they want and then to articulate it. How many, I mean, let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep it in real simple terms. How many times have you been hungry, gone to the fridge and just stared at the fridge? You don't, you don't even know what you want. And if it wasn't for the, for, the, for the cold snap coming out the fridge, you might just stay there staring at the fridge for a while. It takes time for people to actually know what they want. Sometimes somebody might come to you, you know, in the middle of the night and start talking and not really quite know how to get it out. And just, you know, just, you know, you don't have to respond by like, just say what you're trying to say. Somebody say amen. Is he still preaching good this morning? He's still preaching good. But everyone say patient. Let's be patient because it takes time to break bread and fry fish. So once you make your need known, you need to be realistic. It might take some time for that person to get you some bread. It might take some time for that person to bring you a fish. You may be wanting fish and chips. Amen. That, that, that just does not happen. <laughs> There's batter involved. There's frying involved. There's ovens involved. There's pots and pans involved. That stuff takes time. Some people might be able, some people might be able to satisfy your demands right away. Some things might need a hug. Some things might just need you to take out the trash. Other things might take time. So here's what I want you to do. Amen. I'm going to give you plans of action. You can take them or leave them. Figure out what you want. And then articulate that need specifically. All right. What do you mean by that? Don't start by articulating one thing when in reality you want to address a completely different thing. When it comes to communicating complicated things, needful things, meaningful things, do not try to kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever hear the words, well, while we're at it, Be fair, be balanced. If you are going to ask something of somebody, that person might be capable of delivering more than you asked for, but let that be the case. But they may not be able to. You know what? It's always better to be surprised, anyways. It's always better to ask and get more than what you asked for than to ask for a lot and not get any of it. Don't overwhelm people. I mean, I'm, just be fair. Be balanced. If, if, if you just need them to take out the trash, just do that right. Just ask for that. Just ask for that. But don't, don't say, you know what? 
when you come back, we, I have some more stuff I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Give it 24 hours. Give it 48. <laughs> Might need 72. But... But give it time. Give it time. Let them fry that fish. Let them bake that bread. If you're the one being asked for something and you know it's reasonable and it will improve the quality of your relationship, try to deliver. You know what my rule for life is as a preacher? And it's a good rule for anybody. Anybody could apply it. My rule in life, you know how you avoid becoming arrogant and obnoxious? You know how you do it? When your goal in everything is, say, is to say, you know what? I want to add value to people's life. Yes, yes. I just want to add value. Yeah. I want, I want, I, I do. I want you to feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I just feel like church is the place you shouldn't get beat up at. Yeah. Now, sometimes you might get roughed up, but you might need it. But I'm saying though, by and large, mm-hmm. yeah. my, my, my general rule is, okay, I'm about to engage with this person. What can I do to add value to their life? And if it's my marriage and if it's my child, then I should definitely be interested in adding value to them. Because the better they feel, the better I'm going to feel. And I'm not doing it for that, but I do want the people that I love to feel valued. There's nothing wrong, uh, amen, uh, with doing things for people we love. It is wrong for any of us to assume, well, you know, we should just love each other unconditionally. Uh, You know, believe it or not, the biblical requirements of a husband are a little bit more interesting than most people know. And I won't I won't even get into it right now. But um, the Bible is very explicit about the fact that there are things a husband should provide, period. Period. Whether he's asked to or not, he should just do it. But there's nothing. We're living in a culture right now where people feel like I shouldn't have to perform. I shouldn't. And, and I don't use the word perform an actor. I mean, the word in, is, is in producing action. I should not have to produce any kind of action to be accepted. Well, take that attitude to school and see if it works. Take that attitude to the job and tell your manager, well, I, I want to raise just sitting here. You should love me. That doesn't work anywhere. It's perfectly fine to do things, to put things into action. It's perfectly fine to be asked and to deliver. Somebody say amen. And it's perfectly fine if that thing takes you out of your comfort zone. It's perfectly fine if somebody, you know, asks you to step out of your comfort zone. Now, Little, little caveat here. If you are asking somebody to do something that you know is out of their comfort zone, truth be told, don't expect a masterpiece. <laughs> it may not be done like up to standard because that's uncomfortable for them. Don't be discouraged if you have to ask more than once. Praise God. I'll say that again. (laughs) Don't be discouraged if you have to ask more than once. Or if the thing you asked for isn't done to your precise wishes. Remember, someone may be operating outside of their comfort zone to give you what you want. Mm -hmm. To those being asked, don't get upset 
when someone knocks instead of asks. Don't be upset when somebody is pounding on your door because chances are they asked and you weren't listening. They went seeking and you were nowhere to be found. And now they have no choice but to knock. <laughs> it, it happens. Sometimes somebody comes knocking and we think it's new and it's actually old. They're like, man, I called. You didn't pick up. I text. You didn't text back. I asked. I didn't receive. I went looking. You were nowhere to be found. So here I am. It's all right. This is Bible, people. Amen. This is this is the way relationships, amen, really work. Amen. They work on communication. And we do have to, uh, even this morning, I woke up and I was just thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I, I really am. I'm tired of all the voices out there telling me how to manage my relationships. I want, I want God's word. I want God's word to tell me how to manage my relationships. Because out there, I'm not really sure what people are aiming out for out there. Some people are trying to keep up with the Joneses. Amen. I'm trying to keep up with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses. I don't know why people do what they do. Hallelujah. I don't know why people behave the way they behave. But you know what? Here, there's nothing more valuable. Amen. Than our relationships. I was thinking just yesterday morning, I was telling my wife, I was thinking about the the proverb and I'm closing out here I can't even remember where it's at right now but I was praying and I was thinking about the proverb and it says better is a house better better is a table where herbs are spread and there's love than a slain ox where hatred is and what the scripture is saying in real simple terms the people at the table are more important than what's on the table you got a lot of folks that care more about what's parked in the driveway. You got folks that care more about, hallelujah, the house, the car, the clothes, than the people in the house, the people wearing the clothes. And this happens at all at all scales of life, poor and rich. Hallelujah. This has nothing to do with the economy. This has to do with people who who don't realize the most important thing at the table is the people, is the relationship. And I'm I'm telling you right now, I'd rather eat here and chew on cilantro. (laughs) Amen. Than to have a four-course meal and not get along with anybody. And I'm sorry, and I've done it, and I'm guilty. And my wife just walked in, so i got to apologize. I'm guilty. I've, I've been there where I'm like, man, we here in America, we got this really bad habit of, well, what are you so unhappy about? Uh-huh. Yep. And we tell our kids, you know, there's kids in part of that don't even have the stuff you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're saying? You should be happy with stuff. Uh-huh. Here's stuff. Leave me alone. Stuff don't fix stuff. Stuff don't fix stuff. You can buy kids stuff and they just, they come up with more stuff. And stuff doesn't fix a broken marriage. You could buy your wife the best car. You could, you could buy, you could, you could, you could do all this stuff to try to quiet the monster. But that stuff don't work. 
People can have it all and be unhappy. At the end of the day, people want people, not things. People want meaningful relationships, not slain ox. Slain ox is nice if everybody gets along. Can we say amen? Amen. Let's stand.